Welcome to Gross Anatomy. We live, Rhea? We are live with the Gross Anatomy podcast, the show that explores the sights, sounds, and some things with medicine. You know, the smells. And I am Dr. Jason Cohen. And who are you? I am Rhea O'Neill. And we finally met in person. Oh my gosh. Yes, we did. This is our first podcast since we actually gave each other a hug. Hello. Oh, you were so kind enough to invite me to your Seder. Should I say it's just Seder or Seder dinner? It's a kind of redundant to say. You could just say Seder. Yeah. Just our Passover Seder. Your Passover Seder was so lovely. That was the first time we met. And I I haven't even spoken to you since then. I know. I, so I, I didn't get any feedback from you. I didn't well, get any was... recap from you. <laughs> Nothing. Feedback, recap. It was amazing. I had a lovely time. Your family's beautiful. I saw, you, I saw you posted a little bit. I did post a few things. I brought my dog. Yes. Winnie. Gorgeous dog. We bonded. Winnie and I bonded. But it was a lovely time. I'm an honorary Jew, I always say. Exactly. We had a lot of dogs at the house. You have a lot of dogs. And and that particular night, we had extra dogs, including yours. Yes, but it was yeah. a lovely time. So so was that your first super Jew Seder? <laughs> that was my second Seder ever. Uh-huh. My first one was, def- it was much more low-key, but mm-hmm. it was still kind of long. Right. It was pretty. And actually, this was one of the this was the shortest Seder I've ever conducted. Did you know? Did you know that? Really? The shortest one. We kind of really rushed through the second half. Oh, yeah. After we ate. After oh, I, loved, I loved singing the songs. Yeah. And we, we got you to partake a little bit. Yeah, I love that. Was, what was your favorite song? Of course, I'm forgetting them now. But the one that was like, um... Was it going over the twelve plagues, the thirteen plagues, or what was it? Yeah, all the all the 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 not the plagues, but the thirteen thirteen figures in figures. In, yeah, yeah, I like that song. Things, yeah, echad mi odea. Who knows one? Who knows one? Hopefully, it'll become a, a yearly tradition of having you at our seder. Oh yes, I'd love that. Yeah, it was great finally meeting you. I didn't realize you were so tall. <laughs> I'm five nine. So am I. No, you're not. <laughs> yes, I am. With, with the fro. You're pretty short. I didn't realize how short you were. I like to say I'm 5'9", but I think I'm, my wife points out that I'm closer to 5'8". Barely, but I think, yeah. I think I'm somewhere between 5'8 and 5'9", so I, I round up. Possibly. Oh, come on. Give me, come <laughs> on. You talk to my wife. Oh, God. So what's up, Rhea? What are we talking about today? Uh, today, well, LA, it's kind of, um... Well, last week it was pretty slow. I kind I felt because I felt like it was Passover, so everyone is everyone that was participating was staying home. It's also Ramadan, Easter, Easter. I went to Disneyland for Easter. It was so fun. That's a good way to spend Easter. And it was also Coachella, right? The four high holidays: four Passover, Ramadan, Easter, and Coachella. Coachella, exactly. Exactly. Maybe that's going to birth a whole new religion. It, it already has. It pretty much is. Yeah. I've never been. I don't think I, I mean, I love music and concerts and stuff. So I think I would love that, but I didn't, it seems like it's a lot of walking. Right. A lot of like people on drugs and stuff, but. 
a lot of walking on drugs. So you, so is that, it sounds like you're saying you have no desire to go. Yeah. It's not my vibe, but I would love to just like go for the concerts. There's also a lot of after parties and I had a few invites to like some after parties, but I was like, one, it's going to take forever to get to Palm Springs with all this Coachella traffic. Two, where do people stay? And three, it's just too much of a hassle. Yeah, you have to plan it way in advance. It can't way in advance. It's not a very unless you have some wealthy or just hooked up friends who are willing to hook you up. It's not a spur of the moment kind of thing. Definitely not unless you have money, right? Yeah. But um, I've never been, and I have no desire to go. There's also Stagecoach, which is next weekend. Right. That's like the country. Yeah. No, I have friends going to that too. I have no desire to go to any of those. But I, I do need to go once in my to life. What Coachella? Yeah. What you sound like an like an old person like me. You're 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 still too young to be. No, like a lot of people my yeah. age are like, that's not my vibe. It's it's like a lot. The crowd. It's a whole scene. Yeah. Interestingly, my daughter, who's your age, who you're friends with, yeah, she has been to Coachella a lot. Oh, I thought she was going to go this year. She was going to go this year, but I, I don't think she could get... Normally, I have friends or contacts who are able to get tickets. Right. And for whatever reason, all my people couldn't get tickets this year. So, and and my my younger daughter, Hannah, my middle daughter, Hannah, who you know, wanted to go also. This was the first time she was trying to go, but I, and, and I, I reached out to my people, but I couldn't get tickets. Wow. I, if I really, really asked, I could have probably got an artist pass. I had VIP tickets. I gave them to my neighbor. Wow. Yeah. How many? Two. Just two. Uh, wow. Liat would have taken them. I know. Wow. I mean, I don't, would have gone don't tell her. More than one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, I'm, I, I definitely would have gone if it was going on when I was your age. But now that I'm my age, I have zero desire to go. Like Woodstock, but on crap. Right, right. <laughs> and and what's funny is there's this whole like hippie bohemian, you know, when you look at people, you I know, over there, everybody, it's like a costume party. It's ridiculous. But they were saying this year was like that whole boho chic floral vibe is not, it's turned into this like sexy, like people are like wearing thongs with like sheer dresses, like, like euphoria type costumes right it's got and and i i don't know i didn't see a single at least in the photos that i've seen i i didn't see a single mask oh masks are done but you know i did see so kendall jenner posted a video of her she has a tequila called 818 she posted a video of herself drinking old enough to have a tequila kendall yeah yeah she's 27 oh wow wow i'm out of it okay yeah she's old enough she seems and, like she's always a teenager in my mind. Uh, kind of. Mm-hmm. And she had a mask on. It was like hanging from her ear, but she wore a mask. I was at Coachella. At Coachella. Mm. Maybe when she was just in the big crowd of people. Was it a stylish, cool mask, or was it just a regular health? It looks you know, like a construction mask. Hardcore mask, not using. Nice. Right, all for show. Mm-hmm. But that was interesting and. You know, I'm sure you saw or heard that masks are not required anymore on on flights. Although it's going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I guess it's optional, but they announced it like mid-flight. 
I guess there would never be a time to say it when there wasn't a fight going on because there's fights happening every second. But um, I know a lot of people were upset. A lot of like immunocompromised people were like upset. They were on a flight and they announced it as if it's like an amazing thing. And they're like, you know, our safety's at risk here. Our health is at risk, which I agree. But yet a lot of people were ecstatic to be oh, able to yes. In fact, I saw this this week, I saw a patient of mine who's has a lot of breathing problems. And because the patient has to wear a mask, patient needs to go out on oxygen. But pre having to wear a mask, they didn't necessarily need always to be to have oxygen. So that's that's been something hard on this patient, having to wear a mask and needing to schlep around some oxygen. Yeah. But interestingly, even though there's the they said you don't necessarily need masks on flights anymore. All the health experts or or many of the who we consider and call our health experts are still saying we should wear masks. Yeah. I mean, I personally, if I'm flying, I'm going to have my mask on. My reason for not for being over the mask is, you know, where do we draw the line? I mean, in two years from now, you could get pneumonia if someone sneezes on you from just a you know, or if someone has a, you know, the flu, you can get the flu. So either we should always have been wearing masks. Everybody should always wear a mask forever and ever, or just end it already is kind of how I feel. We have the vaccine uh, or, or that that's kind of my opinion. Or, I mean, end it, but at least you have the option. It's optional. Yeah, it's totally optional. Like if I don't wear my mask in the store. I don't wear, I, I do, I will say. If I was like if I was in New York, still living in New York right now, and I was in the subway, I probably would slip it on. I I don't know. I'm I I hate to now say now that it. I know what has been happening. You know, obviously before all this, I would be like, why would I wear this mask? Yeah, I I mean, it, I think I personally think it should just be a choice thing. If you want to wear it, wear it. I do think same thing. We should be more conscious about hand washing and courtesy and and all of that stuff. Um, and I think we all should assume responsibilities, but I think masking should really be optional. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. One thing about Coachella that I just also can't stand is that I call it Molly water. Everyone's drinking their Molly water. What's Molly water? <laughs> it's just people doing Molly. People on drugs. Oh, yeah. Everybody seems like they're altered to some degree. You know, I can't stand that. I had a friend who went to a festival. It wasn't Coachella, but I won't say where, just to protect their identity. Not that they're not, they're not going to listen to this. And they had never done... What do you mean they're not going to listen to this? They better be listening to this. <laughs> well, I just know they won't. But they don't... They're not the type, type, type of person that ever did drugs, like like party drugs, like Molly or Coke or whatever, which is party drugs. That's funny. And they went to this festival and their friends were doing, I think it was Molly or shrooms or something. So my friend did it and then they got extremely dehydrated and passed out in the middle of the festival. I had to go to the ambulance tent and all this stuff. I'm so embarrassed. I was like, see, and that's why you shouldn't have done that. And there you go. I actually talked, we talked about it on the post on Instagram because it was just Earth Day. And it was. We, and we talked about how my memory for me, Earth Day always is when I was in college as a junior and I took my MCAT 
and it was Earth Day, the day I took my MCAT. And I remember coming out of the MCAT in the early afternoon, and it was a gorgeous day. It was Earth Day, and I had been intensely focused on this exam. And I walked out onto the Peace Quad at Binghamton. I went to Binghamton, SUNY Binghamton, and I'm a state university guy. Everybody was hanging out and there was music and everybody was on blankets and dancing and there were those drum circles. And it was in front of the art building because I was an art major. So I, I knew that whole area. And I walked out and I was hanging with friends and it was just a real surreal experience. Probably a lot of people were altered, dr- high and drunk. Yeah. But I was altered too. I was on this like, you know, just this high from just on life, which was amazing. Like I, I didn't have to do anything. I just felt so good having been hyper-focused on this exam. And now it was beautiful and it was Earth Day. And I, it's always going to be this great memory for me, Earth Day, and, and just being high on life. High on life. They always say, people always say I'm high on life. It's a, a real feeling. It was definitely a real feeling. And it made me even think about um, someone recently we were talking about, I forgot. Oh, I, I was recently at a bar mitzvah, getting back to the Jew thing. Yeah. And someone there, one of the guys I was talking to is a runner. And I, and we were, to, and, and we were having the, oh no. Yeah, it was a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah. We we're talking about running. And I remembered the one time I experienced a real runner's high. I only experienced it once where I was in New York City. Uh, I, I was actually in Brooklyn and I had run. I was running a little bit while I was either doing my residency or medical school because I was also at State University of New York at Brooklyn. I was at Downstate and I was in Brooklyn. So I was running over the Brooklyn Bridge and then I ran into Manhattan. And then on my way back from Manhattan into in back into Brooklyn over the Brooklyn Bridge, it started drizzling and that runner high hit me. And as I was getting off of the Brooklyn Bridge, I was running and I felt like I could have run forever. It was such an amazing feeling. Have you ever had that runner's high? I always hated running because I think growing up as an athlete, everything was like for time. It was like for record and for not for, for fun. That's why I hate running. But I kind of think my runner's high was a few summers ago when I was home and I would run like from my house to town, down to the beach. And I was just probably, probably because I was really fit too. And I was in good shape, but the music, I just feel like I was like weightless. Yeah. It's and amazing. actually it's funny. Like, I remember my dad, we drove to town. I was like, he's fun to the store. I was like, oh, I'm going to take a lap, like whatever. And I'll meet you back. And it started to rain. And I was like, just smiling. I was like, oh, this feels so good. Yeah, it's it's your body's endorphins, you know. Yeah. It's it's all of our 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 it's our endocannabinoid. I mean, it's everything. It's all it's all our own body's um, immune system, endorphins, adrenaline, endocrine. Everything just kind of going, and 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 it, it doesn't happen all the time when you run, but it, it only occasionally happens. But I I'll never forget. That was another one of those amazing highs that I felt. And you just yeah, felt yeah. like you could run forever. Now you make me want to run tomorrow. Yeah. I don't run now, but I Peloton. Oh, do you? I do. Oh, yeah, I did see a Peloton. Yeah, and I definitely don't get a runner's high Pelotonic. I get exhausted, and I oh. can't wait to get off of the bike. <laughs> I love spinning. I used to be a spin instructor. No way. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess I still become a Peloton instructor. Everyone always said so. I in college, I I taught, and then I lived in Puerto Rico for like the winter season. I would teach, and I just loved I love teaching and love spinning. But now, like I'm, I haven't done it as much. But I used to do Peloton a lot. I know a lot of the instructors. Um, they're crushing it. We got we got to get them as guests. I know. You met my sister Stephanie, right? They're too high profile. I did. Yes. I met both of your sisters. Yeah. My sister Stephanie is a yoga instructor. Oh. I don't I don't know if you were able to sense that at all. She, I, I could see it. She's a big exercise person. I think she would be a great Peloton instructor. I've told her she should reach out and try to become a Peloton she instructor. She should audition. How does that, how do you even do that? Do you know anything about it? I mean, now that they've grown, it's probably much more like, I don't even, the process is probably kind of crazy, but I'm sure you can apply on the website. Yeah. Did you know the Peloton instructors before they became famous, before they become, became Peloton instructors even? Yeah. Two of them I knew. So Alex, who's like one of the main ones, Alex Jusson, he's been there. He's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. He's like yeah. family. Yeah. I remember when he was at Flywheel and got the call to switch to Peloton. And it was kind of like Peloton, like, no one really like knew what it was and not, you know, they didn't have the hype. And he did it. He just took off. He's great. And then Jess Sims, who does a lot of like the treadmill boot camp classes. I knew her for a while and I lived in the city. She was like a big sister, like mentored me. I'd always like video chat her all my problems. Oh, wow. And she used to teach at a place called The Fitting Room, which is like a high intensity workout class. And she used to do boxing. And we did a boxing class together one weekend. And then she's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to audition. I'm, I've been auditioning for Peloton. It's like week three of her auditions. Wow. Like, okay. She's like, it's intense. Like you have to be able to be on camera, but like you do the workout, like you don't, you know, spin instructors nowadays, they can get off the bike and like coach you on, or like if you're doing weights, they can stop doing the weights and coach you on, but Peloton, you're being recorded. Like, so yeah, it's, it's intense, but it's really cool to see how they've grown. Yeah. It's pretty cool, but they're having, they're having some issues Peloton, but we'll see, we'll see what, we'll see how they pivot. Are they? Well, during the pandemic, they took off like crazy, you know, when gyms closed, but now the gyms are open again, they're, I think they're struggling a little bit, but we'll see what, and then they had the catastrophes with uh, the treadmill, you know, that they had some oh, yeah. injuries and things like that. Um, so we'll see what happens. We'll see how they pivot. That and Sex in the City and the reboot of Sex in the City. Right. That the guy died on Peloton and all that stuff. Yeah. But that's, I, I think that's just, I, I think all press like that, is probably better than nothing. Yeah. Not that they needed it. What else, Rhea? Gosh, well, when we were talking about drugs and Molly and the yada, yada, I was going to say that. Did you read about the doctor in Ohio that was acquitted for, I mean, he said that he actually is a murderer. He killed 14 of his patients that overdosed on fentanyl. Wait a minute. You're calling him a murderer? I'm calling him a murderer. Killed 14 people. That that's what he just found was found innocent of. Um, Doctor yes. William Hustle. William well, Hustle acquitted. acquitted. Yeah, but he acquitted. But you're still calling him a murderer, right? <laughs> Maybe he's not a murderer. But I did. It was interesting because when I hear fentanyl, I think of like euphoria, of course, because these kids are. 
taking it. I hate to say recreationally. Kids are taking all different things. And, and then within the different things that they're taking, other chemical substances might be laced within it. So right. whether they're taking fentanyl deliberately or, or accidentally, it's, it's hard to say. But so then what do doctors, like, what do you prescribe? I mean, have you ever prescribed fentanyl? Like, what is it? I've never prescribed fentanyl, but, but in, you know, prescribing means, you know, send someone home with a prescription. No, 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 never, never, never. But in the hospital, the pretty much for the most part, the only people who use fentanyl are anesthesiologists because it's an, an anesthesia drug or intensive care unit doctors or potentially also um, pain doctors or hospice, you know, end of life doctors. But for the most part, if you're just taking care of regular patients on the floor, rarely do we use, fentanyl tends not to be something that we'll use because it's so potent. It's, it's okay. You know, we'll put patients in the intensive care unit who we need to knock out. We'll put them on a fentanyl drip sometimes on, on continuous fentanyl to keep them totally out. But I, I, I haven't been in it. I, I used to do intensive care unit medicine and I almost became an intensive care unit medicine doctor, but I haven't really, while I'll have patients in the intensive care unit, I just take care of them for what I've taken care of them for And there are specific intensive care unit doctors, critical care doctors who manage all the difficult stuff. And they're the ones who are prescribing fentanyl if need be. But no, so really, I I never have. um, And I've never sent anyone home on it. I've sometimes occasionally maybe renewed an end of life patient who's in house or someone with bad cancer who's had what's called a fentanyl patch which is like a sticker that continues to distribute some fentanyl transdermally into the system and it's used. Um, that maybe I've renewed a little bit, I think, but probably not even now that I think about it. Now, it's a strong drug. In fact, on the radio, I heard today there's some company that has these uh, test strips that you could kind of test whether a drug has fentanyl in it, or if your fentanyl has other drugs in it. Oh, I and didn't saw that. Yeah. And interestingly, certain states are saying, oh, it's good. It's approved, you know, to protect people. And other states are saying, no, you know, it's like drug paraphernalia, like it's testing your pure, pure, pure you know, your purity of your drugs. So it's an interesting debate about these fentanyl test strips. Well, even those trips in general, I saw a lot of it actually for Coachella. Like I didn't, I saw a few people post it on their stories, like get your, get tr- test your drugs, make sure they're not laced. It's like, that's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Test your illegal substances to make sure they're not laced with even worse illegal substances. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of nuts. It's definitely kind of nuts, but I guess. I guess if you're going to do something, it'd be nice to figure out it's, it is what it is, but it still may kill you, whatever it is you're doing. I mean, so. I've been watching this show on Netflix. Um, You know, Tyler Henry, he's like the medium. Yeah. Do you believe in that stuff? Maybe. It it freaks me out a little bit. I I want, like, I don't know. What do you think? I do. It freaks me out too, but I I do. And like, have you seen the show? 
No, but I'm now I'm now I'm gonna watch it. Watch it because it's kind of like I mean I believe in like I'm very religious, but I'm also very spiritual, and the spiritual side of me is like yeah, like I need those. I believe in those things, but he's he talks with this family. I mean, I'm ruining it, but like if you watch it, you'll see whatever. And he was ruin it for me because I I don't know if I'll watch it. He was speaking to, you know, he when he sits and talks to people, they usually give him like an item of the person that passed or sometimes they don't. And he'll scribble and he'll like be able to speak to them. But that knowing what happened to this person or like who they really are. And he, it happened to be the, the five-year-old daughter of a family that their daughter was killed. Um, she broke her arm and the dad took her to the hospital and they gave her like three times the amount of morphine that that she was needed. And she was just like, "Oh, daddy, I feel sleepy," and that was it. Fast away. Wow! Wow! I know. Is there more to that story? No, but I just thought of. I know it's not fentanyl, but it, it made me think of that story because I just watched it the other day. Yeah. No, and and unfortunately, occasionally that that stuff could happen. Um, and you know, we we put a lot of measures in place to try to prevent it. But I think it's always, it's, there's always going to be stuff like that. This, this, um, I don't know, there's two different paths we could go down talking. We could go the, the medium stuff, or we could keep talking about this doctor. So let's talk more about this doctor guy. The, the, the thing about this doctor, uh, this William Hustle is, is, and I think I'm pronouncing his name right, is, the claim that he was trying to take people, you know, treat people's pain and suffering. That was, that was kind of the, their argument. The defense argument was that he was um, maybe to some degree too, he was trying to help them in their life. I, I, I didn't, it, I don't think that at least what I read, it didn't go into detail about that. Was he like trying to be like a Dr. Kevorkian a little bit, trying to help these people, pass you know without pain and without suffering i i didn't i didn't find out if if that was one of his goals or or had he had conversations with any of these patients asking that and i don't even know if that was or 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 was he with the patient trying to treat pain i i don't know i didn't did you get a sense of that from what i read i kind of was getting the sense that it of course, it's the defense too that he was trying to help them cope with their pain. Right. Yeah, I don't know. You know, could he be one of these crazy quacks like like Doctor Death, who who we've talked about on on this show before, where he really was just trying. You know, he just kind of decided, hey, this person doesn't need to live anymore, and let me let me let me end it. I. But it sounds like it sounds like the jury and and decided that's not the guy's case. But but I think he lost his license. I don't think he's I don't think he's going to be able to be a doctor again. Yeah. So I, I think his career as a doctor is done. So that's that's pretty that's pretty severe. Although, although he may be able to reapply, but I, I I don't know. I'm not sure. I wonder what's going to be. Maybe he'll write his book and that'll be that. Interesting. His wife was a nurse. Um, and supposedly uh, also involved with um, some of those cases. I don't know if you read that. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, so I don't know what's going to be with her either. But I mean, yeah, he, he was fired in 2018, but um, 
he had at least 35 cases that were suspicious. So I don't yeah. know. But he was charged with only, I think, 14. Yeah. Yeah. What have you been watching on TV? We are watching Succession. Oh, the other night I was like, I, should, I need to finish. I'm still on season one. I'm like so slow. So I wanted to, I, want, I haven't seen the final season, the third season. And, and I try to watch shows with my wife, Bernice, and The Master. And um, we, we didn't have anything to watch. So I convinced her to watch Succession with me. So we, I re-watched the first and second season. And last night, we just finished watching the end of the second season. Although she decided to go to sleep, like with 10 minutes left to the finale of the second season. So uh, hopefully we'll finish watching it tonight. And then tomorrow, or maybe even tonight, we'll get to start season three. Ah. It's so disturbing, the relationship that these kids have with their dad. It's so pathologic, right? Have you, have you seen some of it? Yeah, yeah. It's so upsetting and pathologic how this dad controls these kids, I guess because of money, but also, you know, holds his love and... You know, I, I had a pretty tough father. So, you know, I see certain things. I, I had an amazing father, but also kind of tough. Um, you know, my guy, my dad was more like a mobster. But, uh, um, but you know, it's just interesting to see these relations, these dynamics. It's crazy. Yeah. I know. I got to finish it. It's painful to watch. It's sad. What else are you watching? Oh, really? I've been so busy with work. I haven't even, like. I come home from work and I sit on my, on my couch and I don't even turn my TV on. So I'm just tired of looking at a screen. But I just watched Law and Order SVU. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. I don't know why I keep watching it. I think it's good to, to not watch so much TV. I know. Selling Sunset, I guess, was a new season. I, I've never watched it, but it's like all over Twitter. Everyone's like, Selling Sunset. No clue. So it's a real estate reality. Real estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Ray O'Neill. That is the latest scoop. Yes, I think that was, uh, I think we talked about some good stuff. We did. That was good. Although we kind of just came to a fizzle end. We kind of just flamed out, I think, a little bit. I know, because the final stuff really got me droopy and down. Right. We're all sedated now. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us at Gross Anatomy. And tune in and like us and send us comments and stories and Look at our Instagram and our TikTok and our YouTube and our OnlyFans. We post some of the gross anatomy, gross stuff on OnlyFans, but I, I haven't checked it in a while. We got it. We got to get really gross. That makes sense. Yeah, it could be cool. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.